year. I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better, and so trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. That's their problem. They want a receiver. Go find your own. You know, in, in my my opinion, you know, T. Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now. to the show this is Bengals talk with strawberry ice i'm your host the ice man jeff trunapole and as always i bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of the back-to-back afc north champion cincinnati Bengals. now do me a favor if you found the show hit that like and subscribe button smash that thumbs up you guys are awesome i'm up to 2124 subscribers as always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. If you're watching Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports, excuse me, Fangle Talk with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. Every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing Super Chat. So if you got a really serious question that you want to ask my boy, Trags, Mike Petraglia, who's joining the show, give me a Super Chat. I just want to, you know. Support, support the show. Give me a Super Chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. Dice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. So if you need a condo, a house, apartment building, if you got a rental property you just don't want to manage anymore, give T Properties a shot. And you know what? I wear it every single day. I got on the show, Jackpot Joey. We got the hats. We got, not this shirt, but we got shirts. We got the flag. We got the beer. Uh, you can get the merchandise right here, not the beer, but the shirts are there at jackpotjoey9.com. You can get the beer at Break Brewery right there on Hamilton Avenue. So just remember, you buy some cool stuff, drink some cool beer, delicious award-winning beer. You're helping people out because portions of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and the Joe Burrow Fund. Also, we got Betfred. It is legal to bet in Ohio now. If you have not done that yet, why the hell not? I will place a bet eventually on the Bengals going 17-0, and 0, okay? Calling it now. I can see Trags in the waiting room. Thinks I'm crazy. But that's okay. We're going to go 17 and 0. <laughs> anyway, go to Betfred and put it up there. What's up to everybody in the uh, chat crew? Strangers in there. Pork Chop, Greg, uh, Jolly, Mike's in there. Brad's in there. Crip, what's going on? All right, guys, let's get to this right now. First of all, we got to bring in my co-host for today. He's the man. He's the myth. He's the legend. He's Dale. What's up? Almost burnt down. Uh... This hilarious. I, I heard you're you're a pyro. I heard. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll explain that here in a minute. Let's get the let's get the trags. <laughs> What's up, trags? Hey, I got a question for you. Do you know who that is in my hero image on my Twitter page? You asked me that before, and I 
I don't. I can't. If I, I can't told you JoJo, would that help you? Tom Brady used to call him JoJo. You got me. I don't. I don't Bengal I don't fans, know. true Bengal fans, remember? Oh, oh, God! I'm not. I'm not a true Bengal fan. Huh? <laughs> Do you know Dale? <laughs> like, I, gotta, I, wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. I gotta to look it. at. I gotta look at your Twitter. Hang on a second here. I gotta figure this out. Hold on. Just kill me. <laughs> Hang on a second. Let me bring this up here. So, Trags, while he's looking, tell the people where you're at. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Trags T R A G S. Be sure to subscribe to my uh, YouTube page, the Jungle Roar Podcast YouTube page, at Jungle Roar Pod. Um, that's where you can find me on YouTube. And you can find me on Instagram at Trags, the number one. And there's the picture. You know who that is? Why can't I, he's got an NBA hat. Former Bengal. Who is that? Why can't I figure out who that is? Who, who do you think that is, Dale? I couldn't see it that well. That's why now I'm going to the Twitter. Oh, this is killing me, dude. Former where's Bengal. It, where's it at yes. on your page, Travis? It's, it's, it's his banner on, on his on his oh. Twitter. <laughs> oh, my God. This is killing me, dude. I cannot. Who the hell is that? Hell, I don't know. All right. I get Brandon. Them. Huh? Brandon. Brandon? First name, Brandon. Come on. LaFell. JoJo LaFell. Tom oh. Brady used to always call him JoJo. <laughs> oh, we'll see here. One or two is. years. One or two. Where? In uh, Cincinnati? Yeah. I think two, if I recall. Size, yeah. I believe two. And then he went from, uh, if I've got my uh, memory correct. Fiji got it. Here, Fiji got it. He went from Cincinnati to directly to the Patriots. Ah. How you guys doing? Good man, you you've been busy down there at the uh, the combine there. Had some, had some has cool interviews been, there. Yes, and you know, the thing is, I will tell you guys that uh, not a lot of people talking Bengals are talking about the draft. At least not right now. They will be in the next couple of days. Of course, you will be uh, talking all about tight ends, uh, defensive tackles, offensive tackles, no doubt, um, uh, cornerbacks, defensive backs. And of course, uh, you know, Bengals are probably uh, going to be uh, looking at um, probably a defensive tackle or two just for depth uh, for uh, not only BJ Hill, but uh, DJ Reader. Just to, I think, give a little more rotation in there. There's certainly, you know, I asked this of uh, defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo today. You, you love the fact that. DJ Reader was able to play, I think, something in the neighborhood of 80 snaps this year, 80 percent of defensive snaps. But would you like him a little bit fresher at the end of the season, just because just because he can play that many snaps? You want him out there that much? And uh, he said, "Well, you know, he's one of our best players. We want him out there on the field for his share of snaps." But the point is, uh, you certainly want him fresh toward the end of the season, especially uh, as he gets into his upper 20s. Exactly. So you're, you're saying something interesting before we came on the show, which it, it was it was a gut punch to, to me and Dale. But Frank Pollock had some interesting stuff uh, that he said about the offensive line and, and who would have played in the Super Bowl. 
yes, Alex Kappa would have played. Uh, he would have been limited in the week leading up to Super Bowl 57, but he definitely would have played at right guard. And obviously, I think Bengal fans and Brian Callahan even acknowledged this today. Uh, not having Alex Kappa in there against Chris Jones was a difference maker. And one of the big reasons uh, the Bengals had their pocket pushed into Joe Burrow on several occasions, uh, including, of course, on the pivotal interception downfield to T. Higgins. Uh, that was a fade route, uh, and Joe Burrow had to let go of the ball a little bit sooner than he wanted to because that pocket got pushed. And if you have Alex Kappa in there, uh, and given the fact that Kappa had such a strong game against Chris Jones in the regular season game in Cincinnati, uh, maybe he doesn't get the pocket pushed, and maybe that play develops, and Joe Burrow allows uh, gets a little more time to hold on to the ball and throw the ball really where he wanted to down the field. Exactly. We got Dale. Also, by the way, Dale, hold on. Um, uh, Jonah Williams probably would have played in that in the Super Bowl uh, as well. And the one other nugget that came from Frank Pollock before I forget is the fact that, and take this as you will, Jackson Carmen is in the mix at right tackle if Lael Collins is either A, a uh, salary cap casualty or uh, more likely the case not available to the Bengals because of his ACL injury suffered against the Patriots on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Good deal. We got, uh, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot. I'm All right, just, well, I got, uh, <laughs> well, say, I, I got some stuff about the right tackle is it, 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 since yeah. you brought that up. Cause it's a big, been a big topic of conversation for me. I, I want them because of, the injury to Lel, we don't know if he'll be ready at the beginning of the season or not. I want mm -hmm. them to go out and sign a right tackle. And the one that, that Dale's brought up is, is a, a Luminor uh, from, from the Raiders. That, that's a possibility, you know, yes. that, of a guy they can get. Uh, do you think, from what you're hearing, you know, they said they're going to try Jax Carmen there. I'm not okay with that being the plan. <laughs> I'd rather have somebody solid there. No, I think Jax Carmen played good, but uh, but we got to win a Super Bowl this year. We, we need to get off to a good start. So, do you, have you heard any, anything about possible rotate uh, other people they might sign or anything? Or well, not signing, but certainly they're going to look that way in the draft. But this draft is not particularly deep in terms of impact upper round, high round uh, tackles who can come in and make an impact right away. And you know, I don't think there's anybody out there that could offer uh, where the Bengals are drafting certainly at 28 the kind of impact. Let's say a Cordell Volson came in and had and he still had his struggles as a rookie but i think the way he was playing at the end of the season is the way you would like your right tackle to play at the start of the season right and uh, i think that means you know if you read between the lines it's either jackson carmen or uh, the bengals go out and either make a trade or they sign somebody in free agency that makes you feel a little better <laughs> what do you think? I, I, and look, I mean, guys, they, the Bengals know uh, what the, the situation is going in uh, to Joe Burrow's uh, fourth year right now with the Bengals. They they know that they have a Super Bowl caliber uh, roster up and down. No matter what happens with the free agents in the secondary, um, there's going to be a lot of talk and a lot of focus on if they lose Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Right. Is that defense going to take a huge hit? It'll take a little bit of a hit, but the fact that uh, Lou Anarumo is coming back, and I think Logan Wilson will get extended. I think that defense will be just fine. Um, they may not uh, have the passer 
a defensive passer rating that Luana Rumho brought up to me today that uh, at the start of next season that they had at the end of this season. Uh, but I think uh, there will be other ways that they can perhaps get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback to account for that. But on the offensive side of the ball, they have to make sure, I think, that Joe Burrow gets off to a quick start. Um, and, you know, last year, of course, he had to deal with the appendicitis, and he was not full strength to start that se- start the season in that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, yet he still played well enough in that fourth quarter to almost pull out the victory. He should have pulled out the victory. Um, but I think the Bengals uh, are going to come into this offseason knowing that they want to get their offense really hitting the ground run. Exactly, exactly. Go ahead, Dan. I, I would just say if we're going to bring in a, a – Free agent at any position, I think right tackle is the spot to go. Like we invested in the line last year, even Leo Collins. Maybe you can use some of Collins' money. He's already going to be injured. At you know, he's not going to start the season even if you keep him. So if you decide to cut him, you've got that money to invest in that spot as well. So I just think, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a guy like Jawan Taylor or Mike McGlinchey that are going to get a lot more money. But like that's why I always bring up the Illuminor and guys like that. One solid year at right tackle, so he's not scheduled to get as much money. He's been more of a journeyman throughout his career. I could see a guy like that coming in, and then you just have open competition with Carmen or whoever else or a draft pick. I think all that's up in the air. You know, I, I, I trust what, how Duke Tobin man, uh, you know, surveys the market. I think right. he's done a very good job of that. Yes, the Bengals have had uh, an inordinate amount of difficulty drafting and developing offensive linemen. There, nobody's going to dispute that. I think internally they would certainly acknowledge that. I don't want to go down the laundry list of uh, players who have been through the Bengals system and not have been able to stick. Yeah. Uh, but certainly there's a, a laundry list of them, and Bengal fans can uh, do that research on their own. They, I don't have to do it for them. They know that uh, the Bengals know that they have to get better along the offensive line. They've got, I think, the interior offensive line set. They're good to go. Alex right. Kappa will be back. He should be 100% for even OTAs. I think he'll be ready to go. Ted Karras ready to go at center in his second season with Joe Burrow. That's a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. And and Cordell Volson, the way he came on at the end of the year, I really, really like him. Uh, the one thing that uh, Frank Pollock did say today in his discussion of uh, Cordell Volson, when he was asked about the rookie out of North Dakota State, is that he needs to be able to uh, read and react uh, more quickly and understand uh, different pass coverages, uh, pass protection coverages, and really be able to react more quickly. I think as a rookie, he had to do a little bit more processing mind processing, if you will, as the play was going on, and that slowed him down a little bit. Uh, He will certainly be beyond that level coming into year number two. I think he's going to take a huge jump uh, if he stays healthy. But the tackle positions, Jonah Williams right now uh, is your starting left tackle. I don't think there's any question about that. That's what I keep saying. Yeah, but the right tackle um, is going to be an issue, and they've got to decide, you know, who is going to come in and compete. Uh, with Jackson Carmen, if indeed, uh, as we said, L. Collins is either uh, not on the roster or he's injured to start the season. Yeah, exactly. And the, thing, the other thing, too, I think we need to do also get is, is depth at, at that at the O-line position as well. Because, I mean, whether like it or not, last two years uh, we went to the Super Bowl, went to the AFC Championship game, and our offensive line has been injured. And, and it's it's always the depth. You, so that's a big thing, too. And I think 
what Jackson Corman did in the Buffalo game and the Chiefs game, I think he's definitely going to be our, our swing tackle. He's going to be on the team next year. Yes, and I think – not to interrupt you there, no, Ice, but Frank Pollock did indicate that, you know, he is certainly the kind of tackle – uh, who has demonstrated he could be a third tackle or a swing tackle. Uh, he obviously has played now both uh, spots. So I think he is somebody you could see uh, as a swing tackle. But I think in an ideal world, you would want uh, an established right tackle to come in. The other thing that uh, Frank Pollock and both Brian Callahan uh, indicated today is um, really in an ideal world, you don't want to move Jonah Williams to right tackle and leave Jackson Carmen at left tackle. That was essentially, for all intents and purposes, ruled out today by both uh, Frank Pollock yeah. and Brian Callahan. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I, was, I saw, I, I told you before, I haven't got to see your, your uh, video, excuse me, video of Frank Pollock, but I did see uh, Brian Callahan. And Callahan did, did bring that up about the the, uh, um, the left tackle. That, And I've said that. I mean, they picked up his fifth-year option. They did it for a reason. They're, if he's here, right. if he's a left tackle next exactly. year, I have no idea. They, they might move on. I, I don't know. But well, next year, uh, Jonah is definitely the uh, the left tackle. And, and, and the whole thinking there is, you want to disrupt as few spots along the offensive right. line That's as possible. Say. Keep exactly. the guy where I mean, he played some right tackle at Alabama, but you want to keep Jonah Williams in a spot that he's become comfortable with at the pro level. I agree. Is there any news on Mixon? I mean, is it all speculation? I know the kind of the answer yesterday was like, Bengals fans are just trying to read any little tea leaves there that yeah, they're given. And, and, and that's the only play at this point, right, for Bengal fans to do. You know, the, the Bengals knew coming into this uh, NFL uh, combine process, they would be asked about uh, Joe Mixon and his situation. And if you read right. between the lines, all of the talk has been about the kind of leader Joe Mixon has been uh, in the locker room, how hard he works at his craft, uh, what kind of attitude he has when he does play, but it's not about the production. And if you read between the lines, um, the Bengals know, and I think Joe Mixon knows at this point, he's not coming back at a $12 million salary cap right. uh, on, the, on the salary uh, situation for 2023. That is not going to happen, I can guarantee you. So it's one of two things. Does Joe Mixon take a uh, reworked salary for the 2023 season in the neighborhood of, I'm just going to throw out a number here, three to $4 million, which would afford the Bengals a lot more uh, flexibility? Uh, or do they cut him? And he is not going to be playing next year for $12 million. Reading between the lines, I think that is a safe takeaway on the Joe Mixon situation here at the Combine. Yeah, that's interesting because we, as Bengal fans, we, we've all been talking about this. It, it just what you said, either Mix is going to be restructured or he's going to cut him. Because to me, if you're a championship football team, you can't. I, I know we got a lot. Of, everybody's like, we got all kinds of money. I'm like, I know, but you got to be smart about it. You can't. You pay. don't have all kinds of money. No, that's <laughs> you. You will not have all kinds of money. Like that. And and you know, realistically, you're looking at cap space right now of between twenty five and thirty million dollars, depending on which veterans. Uh, are going to get bonuses and whatnot, how all of that shakes down. But uh, I don't think, you know, the, the Bengals have as much salary cap space as we sit here right now, right. Uh, as you think they do. Uh, but certainly if you cut, let's say, Lyle Collins and Joe Mixon, you free up a lot more money. Uh, people have even, you know, floated out uh, the idea of, you know, possibly – cutting a Trey Hendrickson or a Tyler Boyd. I don't see them really doing either of those, although certainly, I mean, I think 
when you look at the numbers, you got to consider at right. least the possibility. But I think Trey Hendrickson and Tyler Boyd mean too much to the team on either side of the ball. Uh, I think they're going to be on the roster come next year, but we'll see. Now, getting to the special teams here, I, I know Darren Simmons uh, talked about this a little bit today too. But Mike Madden here says, do they bring a punter yes. from the uh, from the street, you know, or draft for a competition? So uh, the inkling is, based on what Darren Simmons said, yeah, uh, today is yes, they will. Um, I think they're going to bring somebody in to comp- help Drew uh, compete for that job, and and the job is not guaranteed to be Christmas to start uh, the twenty twenty three training camp at least he's going to have to battle for it Simmons made that very very clear that was actually the quote that Darren's or that um, Drew Chrisman is going to have to battle for that starting job next year nothing is guaranteed nothing is given to him at this point well and I was kind of even alluding to that like going into this season and every it's like they kept you around they kept you around because they seen what Chrisman provided in practice and stuff they had Jordan Stout really high on their draft board last year. The Ravens had 400 fourth-round picks and took him with one. So that kind of runt that, you know, they're not going to use a fourth-rounder on a guy. But if there's a guy in the sixth, seventh round they like this year, it won't shock me at all if they draft one. If not, they're probably like an undrafted free agent that doesn't go, they're going to say, hey, you've got a chance to win this job. That's a very a job that any punter out there that doesn't get drafted is going to want to come into. Well, it's interesting you bring up last year's draft because Darren Simmons called it one of the best, uh, deepest drafts for punters he has ever seen uh, in the NFL, in his time in the NFL. Um, That came and went, and the Bengals certainly didn't have the kind of draft capital to spend on a punter. They had many other needs last year. And let's, let's be very honest about this, okay? If Drew Christman's punt isn't a low line drive and the official, and I asked him, Darren Simmons about this. If the official doesn't miss a blatant block in the back on that punt return, we're not having this conversation. Yep. But because it, it it was a bad punt, there's no question. They they acknowledge that the um, it was low and in the center of the field. It was one bad punt. But if you take a look at some of the other games Chrisman had in bad weather, they were very good. Simmons brought up the New England game on Christmas Eve. Uh, in the Buffalo game on the road, in the snow, bad elements. He had a very good game. Uh, he's handled some pressure situations in bad elements uh, very well. Uh, but again, he had a bad moment at the worst possible time. Right. Uh, and you throw on top of that, you know, a call, a blatant call that was uh, missed. I saw it by from the, the stands, Trags. I saw it from the yeah. stands. How'd they miss it? But, but you know, <laughs> that being taken into account you still can't have your punter do that right when the game when the season is on the line and the trip to the Super Bowl is on the line and, um, and the other thing is Darren Simmons has beaten that into his guys his punters over and over and over again that punt has to go sideline out of bounds no return and we live to play you know from the 35 even right. the 30 yard line right know. That's where the Bengals should have been, and instead it was a 29-yard return, uh, and the Chiefs didn't have to do much, obviously, to get in field goal position to win the game. The, the only reason I think it still would have been a conversation regardless of that one pun is because coming into that, even it was like a might have been before the start of the playoffs, he had the lowest hang time by far of any right. punter in the league. 
that had X amount of punts for that for the season. And like I just can't see that as something Sims is going. And you know he'll pin the one inside the five or the ten, but then he'll he'll shank the next one. Like well, it's he's just very inc- right? He's, he's yes. so inconsistent. And his hang time, those two things, I'm like, oh, he's going to be competing for sure next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think there will be competition. There's no question about that. One well, thing Darren Simmons said, too, is you, he also uh, – he said he gave uh, Christian credit because, well, he just got thrown in there and he hadn't played in a game in three years, I think it was, two years, something like that. So, yeah, you know, for for that, he, he did give credit that, you know, he did get thrown in I, and it, yeah, that was good. Yeah. I also want to point out that uh, Darren Simmons was asked about the receiving role, the punt return and the kick return game. They, Darren Simmons still misses Brandon Wilson. Yes, he and, talked about it. You know, he may not be on the roster next year, but the explosiveness that Brandon Wilson brought to the Bengals, everybody remembers the kick return against the New York Giants in the 2020 season, but uh, or 2019 season, I believe it was. Um, they really miss having a guy like that being able to return kicks out of the end zone. Travion Williams, I think they like him a lot, but I think they're going to like him even more if Joe Mixon doesn't return as a feature running back. And if that's the case, you're going to have to find somebody who can serve uh, as a true kick returner next year. Uh, Trent Taylor had a career year, Darren Simmons called it, this year, best year of his career. Uh, returning punts. He had that one rough game where he put the ball on the ground a couple of times. Uh, but aside from that, just a tremendous year again for Trent Taylor. They, he's a reliable guy. And I think in the punt return game, even more so than the kick return game, uh, kickoffs, you want a guy that's going to, as Darren Simmons is wont to say all the time, you want a guy that can get up from the ground and the ball to the official. That's the most important job he has and give the ball to Joe Burrow and let him go to work. I literally was just about to say that because I heard, I heard, him, quote, I heard him quote that today and he, he said that before. But, I mean, I I, I do agree. I mean, Trent, uh, Trent Taylor did a good job of catching the ball because that's the problem we had last or year before that is uh, what was it Phillips? That was it Phillips was the uh, return last year? Darius Phillips. Uh, Darius Phillips. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, he had the uh, nightmare game against the 49ers. Yes, we, we were at that game. <laughs> we know. Yeah. We all, I'm like, just catch the was, whole Like, just catch the ball. <laughs> well, that you know, that's the that's the game that turned everything over, really, essentially, to Trent Taylor, and that's mm-hmm. when Trent Taylor's run as Bengals punt returner began in earnest. Yeah, exactly. Now, one thing that I, I put at the beginning of the show, Duke Tobin's comments yesterday, because the internet keeps blowing up. Everybody keeps wanting. Want yep. to trade T. Higgins? We got to trade nope. T. Higgins. Like, no, we don't have to nope. trade him. And Duke, I think, pretty much squashed that at the beginning. Of, of, like I said, of the, this press conference yesterday, that T's not going anywhere. So, I asked Duke. Uh, we got a side session with the Bengals personnel after the national media uh, talks to them on their on their dais or podiums uh, here in Indianapolis. Right. And on the side, I asked Duke. I said, "What makes T. Higgins untradeable?" He looked at me and he said, untradeable and meaning, you know, nobody's ever truly untradeable. Right. But but T. Higgins is about as close to being untradeable going into this year, at least, as any player could be, not being Joe Burrow or Jamar <laughs> Chase. Yeah. And he's just not the, the Bengals are not inclined to trade a commodity like T. Higgins 
uh, for an unknown commodity, given the fact you have a Super Bowl roster and a Super Bowl offense with Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. They, they're not going to, you know, as uh, Duke Tobin so eloquently said to us and to the national media, I'm not in the business of making other teams better. I'm in the business of making the Bengals better, and trading T. Higgins does not make us better. And that's, you know, somebody offers an established receiver and a number one and a number two, well, I guess maybe you think about it. Or they offer you a premier elite offensive tackle with two or three years under control maybe and a number one or number two, maybe you think about it. But even then, I don't think the Bengals make that. Yeah. The, the reason all of this garbage got started is, um, you know, Paul Daner, uh, and he and he made this very clear. He wrote a column saying that if the Bengals were not able to come to an agreement uh, with David Mulligetta and Athletes First, would a trade possibility exist? Well, sure it would exist, but no, and by no means was Paul Daner Jr. implying that the Bengals are putting him on the uh, on the trade market uh, on the trading block. They clearly were not doing that. And, uh, Paul was by no means uh, insinuating that. But right. what happens in this day and age is somebody takes out of context what Paul was trying to write in his analysis piece, right. an analysis piece, not a news piece. It's so important to understand the difference. But in an analysis piece, he was pointing out that possibility. Okay. But instead, what you get is in this day and age, the hot take uh, bloggers and all of that come out and say, oh, so T. Higgins is on the on the trading block. If, you know, an extension can't be reached, you know, in X amount of time or by this summer. So he must be on the trading block. What teams would be interested? Any, you know, and that's Snowballs. how you get. <laughs> yeah. And that's how the snowball begins. And that's how it began in this particular case. And, you know, nobody's better on the beat than Paul. So Higgins. it's all Paul's no fault. Where's what, what playing Paul? Yeah, but. Yeah, please do not. Because, and he tried to uh, stop it early on too, because he tweeted he out like, you know, he said, "Hey, this is coming for point, me. Dale. Don't like." He said, "Don't. No, that's not what I'm. It's not what I'm yeah. saying." <laughs> Correct. And but you know what? People, here's the way I look at this story. People are going to run with whatever they're going to run with. Uh, they don't have source uh, knowledge and sources at the top of the uh, organization. And you have to take it with a grain of salt and just live with the, you know, the reality of the way the, the reporting world is right now. The hey, media, you can, social you can, media world is. You can just look at it like, hey, he's that good that all these other teams want him. You could look at that, you know, it's like, that's, it's like, you know, you got the hot wife. Okay, well, she's married to me, <laughs> at least for now. So, <laughs> you know, she's right. mine. You can look, but that's it, you know. <laughs> You can talk about it's it not all you bad, want. It's not happening. Dale, that is not a bad analogy. <laughs> now, here in a couple of years, we might be divorced, you know. Then you can come and talk to her. That's not my sure, issue. Sure, or we may not be. You know? <laughs> yeah, we might still be together. I, I, I do believe the following. I think Joe Burrow will be extended. I think they all – the reason Duke Tobin went on at length yesterday uh, – really detailing the fact that he has a good idea of what the first two years are going to look like is because the Bengals need to know what those first two years right. are going to look like as they budget extensions for others like Logan Wilson, which I also think is going to get done this offseason. T. Higgins may or may not get done this offseason, 
but I think they're going to make a very competitive offer and make it hard for David Muligeta and Athletes First to turn that down. But we'll see. And I they mean, also oh, go ahead. Well, I'll just I'll just say it made me feel better what Duke said about Burrow. It means which I mean I, we all knew they're already negotiating, but to me I don't know how you took. Well, I know you explained about the first two years, but it sounds like they're they're close. It, what it's to maybe possibly announcing something here in the next couple of weeks. So I, I just for me reading reading the tea leaves. What I don't I, I don't have a timetable, and 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 Duke Tobin was pretty clear and in indicating he doesn't know it. It gets done when it gets done is what he was saying. Uh, the quote was from Tuesday, and I believe that. I think they're not, you know, putting a timetable on it. They want the best deal for both sides so that neither side feels um, bitter or angry about getting used by the other. But namely, you don't want the player being upset. I found it interesting yesterday that uh, Duke Tobin uh, said that, look, we don't, when we allow players or when players uh, go out and um, explore the free agency market like a Jermaine Pratt. That, mm -hmm. that is the name that a lot of people are going to be bringing up. Right. When Jermaine Pratt's decision to explore the market is the player's choice, not the team's choice to, oh, yeah, you can go. Of course he can go. And more to the point, Duke said, look, I want the players that can do that to do it because I don't want them coming back and taking a deal and saying, what if? What right. if? I've gone out and explored the free agency market and gotten a better deal, maybe in some cases a significantly better deal, and then the player comes back resenting the team that he, you know, quote unquote, settled with. Uh, they, the Bengals want to avoid that, and I think that's a very sophisticated, uh, nuanced, and savvy way of looking at it that I don't think a lot of other teams do. Look. You know, the, the Blackburn family gets a, has gotten a lot of grief over the years of the way they do their business, but the Blackburns do their business in a very controlled, organized, and I can't under well, underline or highlight this word enough, consistent fashion. Bengals are very consistent about the way they approach free agency, about the way they... Uh, look at their own players that they want to keep. Mike Brown has always, always, always made a point of this. We want to keep the, the players that we know and trust and who are very productive for us. We want to make a priority on keeping them first. That has not changed. The Bengals also want to make sure that when they go to the free agent market, uh, and they're usually very good about this, setting a price that they can live with, right. not what the market demands them pay. And if there, if if there's some negotiating to be done between what the upper ceiling price of a free agent is and what they're willing to go, maybe they negotiate that a little more. But uh, they've been pretty consistent. They're not going to go beyond the price tag uh, for somebody else's free agent that they're not comfortable. Right. I'll get a couple questions here in the chat. People are starting to blow it up. Well, first of all, tell everybody about your podcast. Well, one it is. Can, yeah, can I can I go back? At least the special teams for one minute, because yeah. I think it was also mentioned that Clark's unlikely to be back. Yeah, yeah, very, very unlikely. I, so I just I uh, want to take a moment. Yep, there you go. And I love Jeez, you, Clark. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he served, and he served the Bengals very, very, very well. He will follow a couple of games shy of uh, Kevin Huber's franchise record, but it's appropriate that they kind of go out on the same note and yeah. uh you know they both have uh, done a great great job for the bengals and both have been 
very appreciated for their efforts uh, in the organization. There's no doubt about that. I, I won't be surprised if Clark still signed somewhere else because when we talked to him last year, he's like, I got 10 more years than me. That's his mind. Ten might be a strike. <laughs> I know, but that's his mindset. Oh, uh, he does. He's long snapper. They can, you know, we keep doing it. I can see him getting picked up by somebody. That's for sure. Uh, people want to know uh, when your podcast is. Uh, it's called Jungle Jungle Roar Podcast. Well, how many days a week do you do it, and uh, what time? So uh, probably going to resume it next week after we digest everything here uh, from Indianapolis. But that doesn't mean that I don't still do reports from. Uh, here in Indianapolis. I will be doing that. But in terms of the longer form podcasts that I like to do, those will probably resume next week sometime. And then we'll take a break until uh, free agency begins. Uh, We'll break down free agency. But uh, once a week, and they usually drop uh, either on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, you're not as crazy as, as I am. I do it every every freaking day. <laughs> yep, I am not as crazy as you are, Ice. That is a hundred percent accurate statement. We will all agree that he's not as crazy as you. <laughs> I think those are comments. So I, I I see in the comments section here about uh, Jermaine Pratt and Jesse Bates. Yes, I think I think with uh, Jesse Bates, I think it's all but certain that Jesse Bates will be playing somewhere else in 2023. Atlanta from the looks of it. Yeah, I mean, if if you want to read into his tweet and his social posts uh, about the boys in Atlanta, that that would make sense, too. You know, that that would make a lot of sense. Atlanta's trying to rebuild their offense. And and in that division, nobody was very far from making the playoffs and winning that division. So a guy like Jesse Bates can make a big, big difference on a team like that. And look, the Bengals will harbor no bitter feelings whatsoever. Guy deserves to go out and get his money. He's going to go get his money, and he should be able to do that. Jermaine Pratt's interesting because I thought in the last couple of weeks of the season, he was as good as gone. But when you listen to him talk about where he wants to play next and the chance to get a ring – and the Just fact that Lou Anarumo is back, I think all of that matters to him. And Lou Anarumo made a point of saying, I love Jermaine today. I love Jermaine. I would love to have him back. Obviously, the money and the numbers have to work out for the organization and the team. But he is somebody that if he had a change of heart and said, look, I don't want to go out on the note that I went out on last year, you know, the whole Joseph Asai thing at the end of the right, championship right. game. I'm a better teammate than that, and I want to show that, you know, I am a leader. I am a team guy. He is a great downhill linebacker. He's not – he's still not what Logan Wilson is uh, in space and pass coverage, uh, but certainly Jermaine Pratt has gotten more and more consistent. He's a playmaker. There's no question about that. He's a big-time hitter. Um, he made the, the – uh, you know, one of the best plays of the year was the play on Travis Kelsey forcing the turnover, mm-hmm. really, you know, turning that game around on its ear right there and then. Uh, so he's able to make big plays for you. And, again, the, the comfort and the knowledge of the Luana Rumo system, do not underestimate that in terms of, you know, Bengals retaining their own players that they're very comfortable with and value. Yeah, don't don't forget about the fumble in the jungle jungle or the uh, Hubbard yard yes. catch. I mean, he was he was he knocked the ball out. So him and Logan both on that yep. play was mm-hmm. big part of that. I mean, there's a big argument to be made for you know if you bring Jermaine Pratt back, uh, maybe you can't keep Von Bell and Jesse Bates. So you know of those three players, Jesse Bates, Von Bell, 
and Jermaine Pratt. How are the Bengals prioritizing that internally? I, that would be a fascinating conversation to be in because in I some would... ways, Von Bell's more important because he plays a top position, but is he really? Because Von Bell's biggest impact um, overlaps a little bit with where uh, Logan right. Wilson and Jermaine Pratt play. Right. So <laughs> do you get more of two free safety looks uh, at the top of the secondary, is that what is that where the Bengals are leaning? And then the other thing is the reason, the other real reason you want Von Bell back, if you're assuming Jesse Bates is gone, you want a leadership, you want a leader uh, who knows the defense right. uh, in that secondary, and Von Bell would certainly fit the bill there. Yeah, that's yeah, you were doing rhetorical, and I was about to answer it. I was like, well, I think I would, I would rather have Bell for the and all the things you were saying. The leadership. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you got no depth at safety where you have a Kim Davis Gaither and Marcus Bailey at linebacker, and you play a lot of two linebacker sets also. What do you have at safety? I mean, Dax Hill, who hasn't played. Well, and really Tyson yet. Anderson is is an unknown. And right, he another is, unknown. But he is a freakish athlete. <laughs> yes, yes. Tyson Anderson. And maybe – they're going to have to sign somebody, right? I mean, they're going to have somebody. to sign somebody in free agency, but not at a top dollar amount. They're going to have to bring some guys in who might be able to fill the bill and, uh, you know, certain service I, that, that position. Go ahead. What would you kind of think Von Bell, like, is what would you, just you per se would pay him or top the line that would be a cutoff for him? We're asking too much at safety. Three years, and I'm going to say thirty-three million dollars. Yeah, you're, you're going to have you're going to have to yeah. you're going to have to go north of ten million if, you, mm-hmm. if you're going to have any type of. There's no way because he, mean, did, he signed for keep... five per last time. Yeah. See, he, I was hoping seven him... or eight. You're thinking he's going to cost ten? If you want to keep him, yeah. I don't think you're getting them back. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that. but No, no, no. I, like, that's a good, like, because if yeah. that's his market, then it becomes, okay, that's a serious question. Then you, may, then, right. you may, then you may have to look at seriously at a few more cap cuts. But, you know. Then not sound Jermaine. Or, yeah, or what's Pratt's market Or Hayden Hurst. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, mm-hmm. if they can't draft a, a tight end that they really, really like, who can step in and play. You can draft any tight end. There aren't many tight ends out there uh, who can do athletically what Hayden Hurst proved he could do at the end of last year. Now, the 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 metrics people will tell you that Hayden Hurst is at the bottom of the tight end uh, class in terms of veteran tight ends who are hitting free agency. I don't tend to believe that. I think he is actually a very very good fit in the Bengals' offense, and he showed you in both the, the Buffalo playoff game and the Kansas City playoff mm-hmm. game, he's certainly capable of big-time plays. He, he showed you in the Baltimore game that he was capable of doing that. Um, you know, he did have that turnover, uh, you know, against the Ravens. But uh, that being said, he, for the most part, had a very, very good season for the Bengals. And he really came on toward the end of the season uh, as he, you know, learned 
all the intricacies of the Bengals offense. Now, and I know you don't, not an expert at all these numbers, but I loved what you gave me with Von Bell because it's got me thinking. So what about Hurst? Do you have a contract in mind? Because I figure this one's another year thing where he's getting a little older. He probably wants three years compared to the Bengals might want to give him two. And then I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, as a couple of your commenters have noted, a lot of this is about the guaranteed money and what the agents want for their client in terms of guaranteed money and what the Bengals are able to to afford. Because, again, when you're talking guaranteed money, that's money that the Bengals are going to have to have on hand. You cannot, you cannot, uh, well, if it's above a certain amount, I think the, the amount's $11 million, but I'd have to look that up. Uh, but, you know, again, you have to have uh, that money on hand if you're going to uh, guarantee it. And that's where right. the Bengals are a little, and understandably, a little bit gun-shy in paying out a lot of guaranteed money. Now, I got a question from the chat here. If I find it, bring it back up here. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Mike here, does uh, does it concern you that T. Higgins has the same agent as Bates, which honestly it yes. has concerned me, <laughs> I'll be honest. Well, it was, it was Watson. Yes, and certainly that's an issue, right? Uh, but the, that doesn't mean the Bengals aren't capable of uh, picking up the phone and having a conversation with David Moore again. They, they know that at some point they're going to have to end that drought <laughs> with uh, David Mulligata because they've never – you know, signed an extension or a contract with a Mulligata client, uh, an extension, I should say. Mm-hmm. So uh, can they get, you know, can they break that drought and, and do it here with T. Higgins? My my gut is, yeah, they can. And it just has to be the right number. Right, right, exactly. And one more thing here before I let you go. Somebody asked about uh, the, let's see, where is it? The grass at Paycor. Uh, here it is, yeah, Crip. Uh, any news on the stadium getting uh, natural grass uh, at Paycor? I have not heard anything uh, with regard to that. So uh, I think they are happy with uh, the turf right now. I know there has been a, a big push around the NFL to have uh, these stadiums and the NFLPA to, to remove uh, the type of turf that is uh, on the ground at uh, Paycor Stadium. Uh, but I have not heard anything about that. So that's actually a good question uh, to ask of the front office. Um, we'll get our next chance. There you go. All right. Well, Travis, you've been up for 46 minutes. I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate it. Again, tell everybody about your, your latest articles, your podcast, anything else you want to plug before I let you go. CLNSmedia.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. And as always, uh, click and subscribe to my Jungle Roar podcast YouTube page. Just search Jungle Roar pod, all one word, should show up there you go i appreciate you coming on as always trags keep up the good work and you're, you're keeping us all informed i really do i really do appreciate the work that you do i think you do a great and, job and your hair looks fantastic today <laughs> yes really thank you i think it <laughs> looks actually, fantastic yeah i appreciate that because i was worried it was a little bit too poopy. no i mean so, try, i didn't even take my hat off but yeah we don't yeah we don't fantastic we just wear hats all the time we don't, we don't worry about our hair <laughs> all, right, all right guys see you tracks thanks buddy who day take care uh, Trags is a great dude, man. I like having him on the show. He does a, he does a really good job covering. I mean, he he no, asks a lot of questions, a lot of info. I mean, he has a, right there. He just gave us a whole bunch of information in forty seven minutes. Yeah, might have to rewatch it to remember everything he said. <laughs> but I was like, we were we were getting competition for Drew Christman before that last punt. I don't give a fuck what you say, Trags. <laughs>
that mm. triggered daily. I'm like, I'm sorry. I ain't trying to argue with you. You're fucking way better and smarter and everything than me. I can admit that. But I'm telling you right now that Drew Chrisman had the lowest hang time and is very inconsistent. So he was I know you brought that up like that right after the NFC Championship game. I'm going, what? No, I brought it up before. Well, I, remember I brought you... it up before. All right. Well, I know, maybe it was before. I don't remember. I just remember like right. I just remember you talking about it right after the AFC Championship game. I'm going, why are you talking about a damn punter? We just freaking lost, Dale. I'm pissed. <laughs> because, I'm like, I was already saying like that stupid yeah, block in the back. In the right? Ass. They didn't call that. I know, but it's the low. It's the low hang time. Like, uh, dude, I'm telling you, this chart was like it was like all the punters, and then there right. was Drew Christman down here. It was like all the punters was here, and then there was Drew Christman's hang time down here. Like, I was like, what the hell? You can't be that bad. Like. And being the NFL, like it was, well, it mean, was terrible. You're, you're getting weight. I mean, Darren Simmons said there's going to be a competition. So I mean, you're, 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 you're right on. Of, of well, what I'm just saying. telling you that not only is going, he's not going to be your fuck. If he's the punter, he's the problem. I'm sorry. I have nothing, no personal. Like I'm a Ohio State fan. I know you're even going to get your own Buckeye. What the hell? I don't because I'm a I, number one. I'm a Bengal fan, so it's like I don't give a fuck at the end of the day. Like, bro, you ain't performing for the Bengals. Like, I'm sorry. I got gotcha. you. All right, man. Well, I'm going to get off here because I'm going to go eat some burgers and stuff. Oh, yeah. I got stuff to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, wait. Tell everybody about, about your shows this weekend, though, before I let you go. We got to get people on. You got you got a bangle on this weekend. No, tomorrow's Willie Lutz. Yeah, not, not, not tomorrow. You don't Willie care Lutz. about Willie Lutz? Yeah, yeah. Willie Lutz. Willie Lutz. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. We got Willie Lutz tomorrow. That should be fun. A lot of back and forth for agency draft. Where did you off. get that picture from him? Be good, huh? Where'd you get that picture? Oh, dude, I search. I search people. I fucking I search their Facebook. I search their everything. I fucking call their moms. I'm like, what you got? And then I put pictures you, together. You slide to his, you slide to his mom's. DMs I do what I have to do to find a good funny picture. <laughs> oh, it's right. getting it's getting crazy coming up to the the mashups I have. You've seen some of them, right? I put them in our group chat. Like, uh-huh. Oh, I have. I have. Yeah. What does the Andrew Fox Miller say? And it's just his face on the... Yeah. What's the yeah. Fox say? Oh, sorry. But, um, yeah, so... But Sunday, we will have Marcus Bailey, Bengals linebacker on. Unless something happens, you never know. But Sunday at 3 p.m., so I know it's a weird time. Subscribe, hit the bell, hit the bell for notifications. You got to do what you got to do. For us mm-hmm. to bring these guests to you guys. There you go. You're coming on. Oh, you, you're coming on later tonight. I already did a show once, Crip. You have to go back and watch the show I already did. Yeah, he would do it at 3.30. He might do it at 3.30. Now he'd be by himself because the rest of us are going to be eating dinner. Yeah, ain't got no friends. Ain't got no friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one screen, like, sitting here like, damn, this is awkward. <laughs> Good. Hello, everyone. I hate this. I never <laughs> want to do this again. See? And then I retire. Put me on a full screen. I retire. There you go. All right. You guys have fun. Who day? Who day, brother? Oh, God. I love that dude. Anyway, uh, go check out uh, Bagels. Go check out Bagels and Brews this weekend. They got, like I said, Marcus Bailey. They got Willie Lutz coming on. Um, I'm going to put it out there because I said it earlier on Bagels and Brews when we were on 3.30. As of right now, Trenton Irwin said he's going to be on my show a week from tonight. Now, I don't know if it's going to be at 5.30 or it's going to be earlier. I don't, I don't know the times yet, but he said he would come on. So, cross your fingers. 
Instagram message say, yeah, it's awesome. You're going to be on the ISIS show. We got to or whatever. Uh, so keep heads up for that. So I always tell you to, like Dale said, to uh, subscribe to the channel. So when we do go live, you get notified. And I try to tweet it out as much as I can when I'm going to go live from a different time at 530. But again, I next Wednesday should be Trenton Irwin, I hope. Anyway, let's get to the uh, Facebook groups that let me live stream. And I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion. Bearcat Ruckus, Rackle Reds, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Strawberry Ice. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trinipole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling the sound off later on tonight. Put it on the podcast. It's on Beanpod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Pretty much wherever you get your podcast, please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. Leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, you guys are awesome. Like I said, I'm up to 2,124 subscribers. I've been on a lot this week because I've been able to get people on the show. So I'm working my butt off trying to uh, get as much Bengals content as I can from different views, different people. So I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya! Black and white.